Hello, I'm Arvin Hickman and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. Each year, Campaign marks the top 100 agencies in the industry in our school reports. The results have finally been published in our latest issue of the magazine and online this week. Now, we've gone for a grain chill theme this year, and like all teenage soaps, there is plenty of drama, laughs and tears. But on a serious note, there are plenty of positive stories to come from the class of 2021, some areas of improvement and interesting trends that we can take away from all of the data we gathered throughout the process. And there is a lot of it. I'm joined by my colleagues, Campaign UK editor Maisie McCabe and premium content editor Nicola Merrifield to discuss everything school reports. So get out your pencil case, notepads and burrows and grab an apple. Firstly, Headmistress McCabe, you're a veteran of many school reports and in your editorial you noted how this year it was tougher to score than last year. Why is that? That's a really good question, Arvind. So this time last year, if you think back, we were still under quite a lot of restrictions. A lot of people hadn't even had their first jab. Mm-hmm. It was quite a different market. And also the um, the ad market hadn't yet bounced back. So we were looking at agencies that had had a really tough time and actually the you know, had very little visibility about the future and where things were going. Luckily, you know, now, obviously, kind of World War Three excluding, um, we know we're in a position where the ad market's really healthy. I think Group M predicted the UK ad market um, had grown about 35%, 34% last year. Mm-hmm. You know, there was lots of money out there. There were lots of briefs out there for agencies that wanted. Um, and so because of that, we sort of went back to a more traditional kind of marking, whereas last year... You know, we were sort of marking agencies in the context of the environment in which they were dealing with, which was really hard. Um, and so if we were unsure whether to give an agency one marker and another, we tended to lead towards the better mark just because everyone had done a fabulous job just sort of getting through it. Yeah. Um, whereas this year, we felt like there really were growth opportunities there. And so we had to kind of go back to looking through taking into account all the different factors and giving our you know sort of a slightly clear more clear-headed assessment of where Mm. they were Uh, i guess you can draw some comparisons with with high school and reality can't you (laughs) Uh, my son goes to high school and um there were definitely issues in terms of how they marked during that pandemic period um so i I guess you know that kind of was mirrored in the way that we're approaching it last year versus this year definitely and yeah it's sort of grade inflation as they call it and it's like a perennial (laughs) problem and i think you know we have obviously we've created a, a situation here where you know some agencies might feel like they've been hard done by versus the year before because they might have ended up with a different score to the one they might have anticipated. But, uh, you know, some of those people got in touch already. If there's anyone else out there who still wants to talk about it, you know, we're here. We, We put ourselves out there by making these judgments. So we're more than happy to discuss them with the businesses involved. We just felt like in a growing market, if your agency wasn't growing, then that was probably a sign um, that that maybe you hadn't yet been able to take advantage of the, you know, the opportunities out there. Yeah, and I think it's really important as well to point out that, you know, this this is assessment. We want it to be really credible. We want the standards to be high and it's constructive, right? So we, what we don't want is to get in a situation where everyone's getting, you know, eights or nines or, or people who probably haven't had a good year are, are leading towards seven. Yeah, and I guess we should at this point probably um, explain a little bit for those of you who 
maybe um, aren't as close to it as we are. So a seven is, um, so there's a score from one to nine and the seven, it means good. And that means good, like genuinely good, not like good passable, like you've had a good year. It's a really good co- score. That's it's in the word. Mm. Eight is excellent and nine is outstanding. Um, and then beyond that, we've got um, six is satisfactory, five is adequate. And then beyond, and you know, we actually... Although some people might be disappointed, there are some agencies that did really well last year. And I would say there are fewer agencies getting those kind of fours and threes, which we have had in the past. Yeah. And um, the other thing that I think is probably interesting to point out, Maisie, is what we look at when, when we're actually marking different agencies. Because it's not just about how well they've performed against their peers, is it? No, that's a really good point and, and one that's sort of quite difficult to understand, uh, well, to necessarily see um you know, if you're just looking at the across the report, say in the magazine or on the website. So the idea is that you're scored against your potential. So an agency with a really great heritage might, you know, have a seven year that might look externally that it's better than another agency in which is maybe newer or not had a great creative reputation, say, um, who's got an eight. And it's because, you know, we love the brilliant agencies that are in this industry and we want them to do better and yeah. we know they can do better often. Um, and so there's some amazing agencies that got sixes and sevens, particularly sevens. There's loads of really, really brilliant, amazing agencies that got sevens. But we just know that they can have better years. It doesn't mean that they're not brilliant and it doesn't mean that they didn't have good years. Yeah, exactly. What are some of the key trends that you picked up from when you were going through the data and and the process? One of the really interesting trends that came out was actually from the billings figures. And they showed, as I said before, just a real amount of growth out there so we had 74 of the 100 agencies in the top 100 creative agencies um, reported billings growth last year which is an amazing achievement and then we had around four fifths of the 50 media agencies in the media agencies table also reported growth so Mm. you know that's a a real achievement from all those businesses the billings point's interesting isn't it because sometimes you know when you have a good year and you win a lot of new business billings actually don't show till next year yeah absolutely and there are you know, the billings is only one metric. And so Gideon Spanier, our editor-in-chief, wrote um, a really great piece assessing the billings figures. And in that, explored some of the problems, one of which is not least that billings don't translate neatly into fee income. Mm. And, you know, you might argue that they never have, but they, they do a lot less than they do did, say, 20 years ago. Yep. And then, you know, particularly when you've got in an environment where media agencies are offering more digital transformation and consultancy work and creative agencies are, you know, building out their kind of brand experience and their customer experience sectors. You know, there are, there's an issue with only using billings as a metric of an agency's health. But in the absence of another independent audit, audited value of their size, they are a metric that we still use. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so difficult for us, isn't it, really? Because the Nielsen, Nielsen at least provides something. Yeah. And they cover most channels. But of course, they don't cover digital, which, which is, you know, growing. They cover, so they cover digital, but, but just not it's it. not all of it. Yeah. And it's much more difficult to measure, um, you know, digital advertising than it is press or TV advertising. Because mm. you can't just, like, look at the internet ads. You know, they're all, like, it's all a, in a combination of algorithms and black boxes. So. Yeah. Right, let's move on to our physics teacher, Miss Merrifield. Let's go through the process in terms of the school reports. Yourself and, and Gemma Charles were fundamental in this and in, in driving it and doing the whole sort of research and data gathering and, and organising it, frankly, cracking the whip when it needs to be cracked. Uh, take, us, take us through that process and, and what's involved in it. 
Oh, so it's um, a several month long process, uh, which involves, first of all, getting reams of information through from agencies themselves, which we're really appreciative of. Um, and then obviously amongst the whole team kind of going through all that, fact checking it, um, looking at what we've been reporting on throughout the year and, and yeah, uh, trying to condense it into an informative, but also, you know, interesting read so that anyone can pick it up across the agency and, and be interested to see what other agents are doing, not just looking at their own. And also we, we come to, a, you know, assess uh, the agencies. We just talked about that as well about their score and yeah it's it's a huge project but really interesting and fascinating especially for me because I've only recently started covering the sector so I find it great yeah and there's a big fact checking process isn't there maybe you'd like to share some of some of the pain that that, that <laughs> we have to go through to, to make sure all all the you know eyes are dotted and t's across yeah i mean um it's it's part of being a journalist isn't it making sure that you've got your facts straight so um that's only to be expected that we're rigorous in going through um all the number of clients for instance we'll also take into account um you know head count so we'll, we'll compare with the previous year that we're from the information submitted then we're also looking at you know going back looking at our own coverage seeing what the big standout wins have been uh, but also maybe unfortunately the losses you can't really deny those as well um so it's all part of looking at things in the round and um, making sure yeah that everything is is correct yeah now as you mentioned it's your first school reports year it's also mine by the way uh, I just, i'm just curious to uh know what you've learned as a newcomer to the industry as well yeah so um i was actually recently discussing this in a column that i've written for the knowledge which is available to premium content subscribers and um one of the things that i was really impressed by is the breadth and depth of the agency sector i maybe had some preconceptions before before looking in on this sector and thinking maybe you know it could be run in a similar way from one uh, agency to another but actually there's a real range of types of agencies you don't just have media and creative but um, specialties like experiential customer engagement and digital have really come through for me during the school reports and then there's the size difference there are these huge um, you know multi-agency groups um, and agencies themselves are also um, huge numbers of uh, staff working for them but then there is also room for the smaller sometimes newcomer agencies which I think is really healthy um, and great to see um, and also just looking at the billing, some some of these uh, smaller or and younger agencies have grown their billings hugely this year, sometimes 500% or more. So yeah, I'm really impressed that there's a huge amount of variation and also that all these different types of agencies are still here in another year that's had some COVID-related challenges. I guess that's good. And you could probably look at the industry and say there is diversity in some ways, um, but there isn't so much diversity in other ways. One of the things that we, we do with the school reports is we get a lot of um, data around diversity. I'm just curious, Nick, what did you learn from looking at that gender and ethnic diversity data? So, I mean, as with, I'm sure, lots of other sectors, um, it seems like you know, everyone's on a journey. So uh, some, some scores have improved this year in terms of diversity and so others haven't. So um, just looking at women, it's actually gone up the proportion of women in senior roles. Um, so it dipped to 42% um, in 2020. And then in 2021, we're up to about 44.5% of senior roles are taken up by women. Um, so that's going in the right direction. Actually, another good thing is the gender pay gap has um, shrunk slightly. So it's now down to about 14%. It was 15 or just over 15% the previous year. Obviously, still want to close that um, further. And then when we look at um, the proportion of black, Asian and minority ethnic staff in the most senior roles, there's about 12% of those roles are now taken up by those staff. But uh, that's that's a good thing. Um, obviously, we st- still want more of those, those people in those roles, but that's been gradually rising in recent years so again going in the right direction so 
Unfortunately, when it comes to the ethnicity pay gap, that's worsened. Uh, previously, it was around 9% and, and now that's gone up to 13%. However, there's a bit of a caveat with that particular metric because only around a third of agencies have answered that question. Um, although there are a few more this year have done so, but we obviously we'd like to see more agencies answering that question to get a more comprehensive view. Yeah, it's one of the things that I notice as well. It's, it's quite variable, isn't it, in terms of who wants to answer that and who doesn't and, and some of the reasons. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to use the term excuses, but some of the reasons why they don't certainly would encourage people to try wherever possible to to be transparent with that data uh, we're not going to name or shame people it, it's just to you know help us help you understand the market much better right uh, finally i just wanted to ask both of you to provide some guidance on what you expect from students for the class of 2022 nicola let's start off with you well, uh, following on from what I was just saying, it would be great to have uh, even more agencies than there are already answering questions around their diversity statistics, because that's only going to um, improve transparency and then everyone's clear about where they need to go. So that would be a, a really great starting point. And then it's been a year in which churn rates have been really high. It was the first year that we asked about um, the amount of turnover of staff at agencies, and it was great to see so many agencies being honest about that. And many of those were still filled and staff, you know, staffing numbers increased but it would be great just to see a more stable uh, situation for agencies uh, in the future right i'd like to be the final word to the headmistress uh, Maisie. what is some of the advice or tips you would give students for the year ahead one of the things i touched on in my leader for the magazine was they would be nice to see more really brilliant spine tingling work this year i think a lot of agencies did really well in the early part of the pandemic to keep going a lot of good things were done last year. It'd be great to see more fantastic things this year, I suppose. You know, I know it's easier said than done. And I know there's a lot of agencies trying really hard. But to, you know, be ace to see just like some real creative highlights this year um, that, you know, going to the sort of work that stops people in the tracks and, you know, wins awards are all around the world. I'm not going to keep you guys in class for much longer, but just a polite reminder that the individual school reports, tables and analysis are subscription-only content. So if you are not already a subscriber, please head to campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership to join today. Um, Miss Maryfield and Headmistress McCabe, thank you very much for joining us. Also, a big thank you to the whole campaign team, including Miss Gemma Charles and the editorial team who played an important role in writing reports and marking the work. Our design teacher, Mr. Chris Barker, created lovely drawings, videos, and sometimes coloured within the lines. And also thanks to our English teachers, Beth Coombs and the others who ran red lines through the work for the past month. And a big thank you to you, the agencies who took part and shared all of their company data. A final thank you to our producer, Lindsay Riley from Rethink Audio for helping us put together this podcast. I hope you will join us next time. Now, please don't miss your school bus home and use the zebra crossings. On behalf of the campaign team, class is dismissed. Dismissed.